Hello and welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. Today I am talking to Gordon Bruce, the distillery manager at Knock Do Distillery, producers of the award-winning Knock Whiskey. And the Knock Whiskey is a highly respected whiskey amongst enthusiasts and a welcoming dram for newcomers. They are known for producing a light, intriguing and thoroughly modern whiskey using traditional hands-on methods. The signature whiskies, Knock 12-Year-Old and Pete Hart, allow people to discover the lighter and darker notes of whiskey within the one brand. And it's a real fun chat that I have with Gordon. He's sent on some samples to me, which was very nice of him and the team. I uh, got to try the 12-year-old, the 18-year-old, and the 24-year-old, and the Pete Hart. And we're going to go through some of those notes, the process, and, uh, you know, get talking about whiskey in general. So here it is, and here is Gordon Bruce to introduce himself and to us, to the Nocdu Distillery and the Anok Whiskey. Oh, well, uh, well, my name is Gordon Bruce, manager at Knock Do Distillery. I've uh, been here for 16 years. 12 years prior to that, I worked in Ball Blair Distillery, and six and a half years before that, I worked in Pulteney Distillery. So often you get asked, have you worked in whiskey all your life? And the, the answer is no, not yet. Knock Do is a, a very traditional, very hands on distillery. We're situated about an hour north of Aberdeen, northeast highlands of Scotland. Fairly remote, rural location. So we got. 13 houses, population of 28 in the village and the distillery. We run the distillery 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it'll run for 48 weeks this year. So it, it works for its key. And so Knock Do is a distillery, but there isn't a, a Knock distillery. Is that right? I've got that. Right no, that's right. Uh, Knock Do, uh, as you probably know, is garlic for Black Hill. So the, the hill where the distillery draws its water supplies from, uh, in certain times of year, the hill of Peter's Black. It's just the, the, the heather that covers the side of the hill. But there's another distillery called Nicando, so the names are very, very similar. So to avoid confusion between the, the two distilleries, we changed the name of our distillate or our bottled product to Anok, which is garlic for the hill. So we kept the connection with the hill, but we've, we've clearly differentiated between the distilleries. Okay, thanks for clearing that up. And you have a podcast yourself, I read here, the, the Knock Tales. And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure I agreed to do that one. I must have been really good <laughs> at the time. It's actually been really good fun. Uh, I'm the most technophobic person I, I know. Uh, I really don't, do not do technology at all. I suppose early days of COVID, we, we couldn't have guests at the story. We, we, we can go to shows, festivals and fairs and meet and greet people. I mean, we get such a buzz from that. It's, you, it's the biggest buzz you can get. You see somebody with a, sitting or standing with a glass in hand or something that you've made. Well, it, it's good fun if they get a smile on their face. It's, it's not so good if they're grimacing. So mm. we, we, we needed to find a, a different way to connect the customers. So somebody came up with the idea of a, a podcast. We'll drag the chifter from the distillery out and we'll, we'll stick him in front of the microphone every couple of months. Um, oh. it, it's been good. We've met some really nice people through it. It's been some interesting conversations. Great. Well, uh, we can find that. I'm going to go there after this and check it out on the website, by the way, and knock.com. And you can spell that A-N-C-N-O-C and have a listen to some knocktails. And uh, yeah, very keen to hear about the conversations and the process. So. Best, best lessons after a couple of drums, I think. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's a, an interactive one where you're encouraged to yeah. take part. <laughs> well, talking about taking part, so I mentioned that you were kind enough to send some samples on. 
Uh, in front of me, I've got the 12, the 18, and the 24, and the, the Pete Hart. Is this the entire portfolio for an no, uh, every now and again we'll we'll have an annual vintage release, and that's liquid from a specific calendar year. So we've actually got a two thousand and nine vintage on the go just now. It's similar age, similar cast types to the twelve year old, but just a little bit different. It's slightly stronger, non shell filter, natural color. Right. It's a slightly different. Nose. It's just a little bit different. We don't do a vintage every year. Just when we've got liquid, we think is 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 appropriate for okay. for a vintage year. Are the vintages quite sought after? I absolutely adore them because they're all so different. If you can find a 1995, a 1999, or a 2002, I would suggest you grab them. Right. Particularly 1999, it's uh, like, I don't know, walking into a bowl of fruit. It was such a lovely, fruity, estuary fragrance, but a really, really nice drum. Gordon, you got me going. I've got to crack one of these open. <laughs> talking you about started it. a drill yet? <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm salivating in the, to the glass. So I'm just uh, now. Uh, the 12-year-old is more of a pale liquid. You describe that. Have a, so 12 is a good place to start. Yeah. Have a quick go on the nose here. Are you are you joining in, Gordon? I hope I'm not drinking alone. Well, it'd be rude not to. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm getting immediately. Um, some honey. I don't know if that's the first thing I should be walking into, but we all nose and, and taste things slightly differently. So there's never any right or wrong here. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm big in the honey and the citrus and the fruit notes there as well. Which is good, by the way, whenever you go to a whiskey event, when they say, oh, you're never really wrong. So that you don't actually look stupid when you go, <laughs> I think, I think I smell some uh, figs. They're like, what? <laughs> like, oh, you know, <laughs> each to their own. I mean, I've got to, let me try a little. So I always think that the 12-year-old's a very, very approachable whiskey. It's, it's such an easy whiskey to drink, and it, it appeals to so many different people, newcomers to whiskey, and there's always experienced whiskey drinkers alike. Yeah, very fruity, this one. It's actually really smooth. Would you mix this with any? Would you recommend mixing any of them with, like, uh, a chaser or anything like that? <laughs> that's a tricky one. Uh, once again, that's a personal choice. Uh, a whiskey cocktail in my part of the world is whiskey and three drops of water. <laughs> but personal choice again, the, the 12 year olds bottled at 40% alcohol by volume. It's chill filtered. It's got a low strength. Personally, I, w- I wouldn't put anything near that. It's quite malty as well. I think people would appreciate yeah. that it's like, it's a quite an approachable whiskey. I mean, I've only just had a, a little sip there, but it's, becoming a bit moorish i don't know if that's because of the honey that maybe it's coming in and you know it's got a quite a soft approach to it drags you and makes you want to take a second sip doesn't it mm-hmm. my only complaint with a 12 year old is too easy to drink uh, right. if you go bottle open at home it tends to get in fairly quickly <laughs> okay yeah no that is nice bit of chocolate there it's really smooth dangerously smooth yeah. i would say gordon what kind of occasion would you take this whiskey to would it mean uh, maybe a dinner party or maybe a barbecue. Do you ever think about these things in terms of how, how you might gift this or present this in a in a situation? It's it's a it's a whiskey for every occasion. I think we, we both agree it's, it's approachable. It's super easy to drink. Right, from the four you have there tonight. If I went home from work on a Tuesday night, I thought, yeah, I just I just fancy a whiskey tonight, uh, and I don't feel the need to sit down and sniff it and analyze mm. the thing to death. Just pour it, drink it, and enjoy it. Yeah. Well, 12 year olds, great. 
all over there, but I'm going to just seal it up here. The little sample bottle will have to finish that. I, I gave myself a very generous dose of this. I might have to take it a bit easier on the other ones. But come out, the trap's flying. That one, Gordon. Yeah. Now, moving on to the 18-year-old. So the 18 is a wee bit different. Uh, this, this whiskey spent the first 16 years of its life maturing in ex-bourbon gasks. Mm. And then we've taken the liquid, the mature liquid, transferred it into first fill sherry cask for a further two years. So we're getting the best of both worlds. We're, we're, we're ideally looking at lots of toffee and vanilla notes from the bourbon casks. You know, that spiciness and a touch of dried fruit, fruit from the sherry cask. Slightly stronger as going now. It's a slightly 46% alcohol by volume. Uh, natural colour. The colour has all come from the casks. It's been matured in and non-chill filtered. So if you, if you kept that bottle of whiskey in a very cold area, a cold room, you've got the potential for a haze to form in the bottle. Right. It's not a problem. It, it's, it's, it's a natural occurrence. It's long-chain fire testers that come out of solution at a low temperature. When the liquid warms up, it, 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 it'll turn clear again. There's no problem there. I've heard that you can leave the whiskey... It doesn't have any effect once it's opened for a knock. Is that true? So you can open a bottle of whiskey and maybe go back to it eight months later and, uh, you know, that's not going to do anything else in the bottle. We've got a house rule at home. We've got a Sharpie in the drinks cabinet. So when we open a bottle of whiskey, the date gets scribbled on it and that bottle gets to live for no longer than one year. The, the fruitiness you're smelling from the glass from the 12-year-olds, from the 18-year-olds, is mainly esters. Esters are bound to alcohol. And every time you open the cork of that bottle, you're you're losing a little bit of alcohol. Right. So you're also losing esters. You're letting the air oxygen into the bottle. So the liquid's going to start to oxidize very, very slowly as well. So it, it, it will change over time once it's been opened. Does that in the bottle over time? Is that the angel share? Have I got that right? Angel share is actually maturation loss. Ah. from the casks and maturing in the warehouse uh, because wood's very, very slightly porous. We're allowed to lose 2% of the previous year's contents of that cask purely through evaporation. So brand, brand new whiskey is totally clear, totally colourless before it's poured into the cask to, to mature, to ripen. So the last is we, we, we're not allowed to call it Scotch whiskey until that new mix it has been on a wooden barrel maturing in Scotland for at least three years in one day. Right, that's right. So the age in the label of these whiskies tonight, the 12-year-old, the age of the youngest whiskey in the 12-year-old is, is 12. But we've also got some slightly older whiskies, maybe some 13, 14, 15-year-old whiskies in there as well. Right. And that lets, lets us have the consistency that we're looking for. Right. So you buy a bottle of 12-year-old this week, it should be the same as a bottle of 12-year-old you, you bought this time last year. Let me have a, let me have a go on this 18-year-old. I would suggest a wee sniff and a wee sip, mm. uh, as it is without water. Uh, and for me, this will quite happily take water. A couple of drops, but hey, that's a personal thing again. Again, there's quite a bit of lemon I'm getting. I'm just going to put a bit of water here. I think it's a bit more herbaceous. It's a bit more direct. A lot more cask influence with this one as well. Mm. Yeah, with a bit of water in. I, I'm out of the, like I was saying off mic, I'm, I'm out of the game a little bit, Gordon, because I took a long time off drinking whiskey, so I've not really got back in the saddles properly, I should say. But You, you did say you were making up for lost time. I am. <laughs> I feel like I haven't got match fit. You know, I'm still carrying <laughs> okay, around right. a bit of holiday weight when it comes to whiskey drinking. Uh -huh. I need to get a bit more sharp before I get in the ring. Is there one that you're really proud of? I know we'll get onto the, the 24 and the Peter, but is... Is there one that you gravitate towards more than any other? Oh, 
Jeez, that's such a difficult question. Uh, it, it's a bit like being asked, do you have a favourite child or a favourite dog? And mm. We all do, obviously. We do, we do. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you, you would never tell the other ones, would you? <laughs> uh, it, because it's such a mood drink, it depends what you want to drink, is how your head's working, who you're with, how your day has gone. So Tuesday night whiskey for me, 12-year-old, no yeah. problem at all. Yeah. We've got friends coming around on a Friday night, want to have a bit of crack, 18-year-old's great. Mm. Saturday night, 24-year-old, switch the phone off, leave me alone, this is my time world. And 24-year-old's a drum, you just want to pour, sniff, and sit, nice. sniff, and sit. A- I mean, half the pleasure of that is, is in the nose. And if it's, if it's a nice Saturday night, you know, you've got friends coming around, maybe fire pit or barbecue, uh, peat heart, peat whiskey, and a, a nice stinky blue cheese, great combination. Oh, oh, I've got to get the cheese out now. Crikey, this, this night's coming alive. <laughs> but that was, uh, yeah, that was really nice. So hopefully the, the DNA is there, the similarities are there between the 12-year-old and the 18-year-old. Uh, we, we, we don't want something that's so heavily influenced by the cask that's matured then that it could be anything. So we're looking for consistency of quality in our new makes, but that's what we strive for the whole year round. We want to make a super consistent spirit. We're very, very fussy about the casks that we use. We know what we're going to get from the cask maturation-wise, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15, 20 years. So what's your, I mean, I know it's more of a way of life than a nine to five, but if you had any kind of day where there was a similar structure to the next, what would be your typical day in the office? There's probably no such thing as a typical day. That, that's the beauty of this job. I've been doing this for a long time and every day is a school day. Um, I mean, our main raw materials, malted barley, uh, barley is a living thing. So that's going to change all year then. So it depends on the barley variety where you bought from, what the sun gods are doing, the external temperatures are. Mm-hmm. So this still is just like a, a great big toy box. It's a, it's, it's a play thing. And it's, it's great fun to tweak it and just, just tease the process a wee bit and just try to get the best out of things. I shouldn't say it, I've touch wood and say this, because the place runs 24-7, I'm on call 24-7, so the, the telephone's always better at night. Touch wood again, place is pretty reliable these days. It's, it's a very tidy pretty well organized we plan but it's sometimes actually good to get a breakdown or, or something going wrong and it just forces you to think a wee bit just maybe try and find a, a different solution or, or maybe to run the plant temporarily in a slightly different way it, it, it just makes you think a wee bit something a wee bit of order, right? right it keeps you on your toes it does yeah does, do you get to travel a lot uh, we, we used to we've done sweden is our, is our biggest single market so we've done great deal of trips to Sweden and Sweden's paid to feed and educate my children and dogs. So Scott, right. thank you very much, Sweden. I also own two Volvos to, to say that. <laughs> and that's the, Putting some money uh, back into the market. Yeah. Sweden's our number one market. It's been very, very good to us. How come Sweden? Possibly, potentially something to do with the packaging. If you, if you see pictures of the packaging on the website, on the website it's very clean, stylish. Mm. It, it, the packaging almost looks Scandinavian. And the Swedish whiskey market is absolutely massive. Uh, you, can, you can only buy through the state-run stores. They've got a monopoly across there. And the system works really, really well. They've got a really good range of products. Prices are they're, they're okay, maybe slightly higher in the UK, but they're, they're not out of this world. Interesting. Uh, system, the, the products are all very clearly explained on the shelves or what you're going to get. Uh, they, they, they do it so well. I wish we could organise our things so well in this country with their big difference. <laughs> Do they export? Yeah, there's there's a couple of crackingweed distilleries. You've got Magnira, uh, High Coast, that used to be Box, 
and then Little mm-hmm. Island, uh, a strait between Sweden and Denmark. So they are very good distillers across there as well. I was just wondering if they're like the uh, the Swiss and the Austrians with their wine. They they make it and then they keep it. <laughs> but they, they also buy a lot from us. So that's All right, <laughs> that's good news. That's good news. <laughs> Moving on to the twenty four, putting half a dram into the glass here, giving it a swill. Noticing the colour is a little lighter than the 18. That batch of 18 that you've tried tonight is probably slightly darker than we were, we were aiming for. Uh, and that's just down to the individuality of the casks that we've used. We've got far more sherry impact from that partial cask than we expected. 24, 21 years in bourbon mm. and a, a full three years in that sherry casks. And as I say, that's my Saturday night sniff and sit, sniff and sit. Um, and half the pleasure of this trial is just in the nose. So you get a decent glass, you really appreciate it. This is delicious. It has like a wintry vibe. Like even on the nose, it kind of reminds me of queuing for ice skating rinks and <laughs> and doing things in the cold. I'm not sure if I'm selling this for you. Sorry. <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> Now, when, when there's a, a, a probably good concept there, this is one that I would enjoy in front of a fire. Mm. The, the long burner I go on Saturday night. It has a romantic feel to it. Yeah. Wet wet dog lying at your feet. Yeah. I'm sticking a wet spaniel. Mm-hmm. I like the toffees coming through on this. Toffee, Christmas cake. We're still going to have a bit of citrus in the background there as well. I was going to say Christmas cake. Maybe that's where if I... Osmosis, the Christmas element, the wintry feels coming in, that kind of that that vibe of like after dinner. And yeah, you've, I think you you're on the money. This is you have to spend time alone with this. This is a this is an intimate affair rather than you know, having a party with it. I would say. Yeah. I think this deserves a bit more exclusivity. I really like this. I think this is probably my favourite so far. But I'm I'm very sold on the idea of just having some time alone with this. <laughs> You're like, I like the idea of not, not having to entertain, you know, a whole group of people when I have this in my hands. So the 24-year-old so far, the leader in the clubhouse for me, I'm just going to put that aside. There is some still left in the glass, but I don't want to just gobble that up. I want to give that some time alone, but I do desperately want to try the peated whiskey while I have you on the phone. Slight confession, I think peated whiskey is my favourite. How is the peat? How does the peated whiskey come about? Uh, the early part of the, the malting process, when the green malt goes to the kiln, the, the maltsters will use peat. Uh, the, the burned peat generate heaps and heaps and heaps of peat smoke. And when the green malt is very wet, it, it's got the ability to suck in smoke, phenols, so it will absorb and the phenols can also stick to the husk as well. The important thing with this peat is we use an Aberdeenshire peat. It's a local peat. Uh, I, I know a lot of people do not like peated whiskies because they've had that Isla TCP medicinal iodine experience. Aberdeenshire peat's got a very low level of that compound that gives us that TCP effect. It's, it's more of a barbecue, wood fire, wood ash, peat smoke or smoke. Oh, uh, and I think it just balances so well with the freshness, the fruitiness that we've, we've, we've got through the not range. Do other distilleries buy your peated barley? Your peated uh, no, we, we don't make our, malt, our own malt on site anymore. We, we buy from commercial mm. sources. I mean, it's a specialist industry. Right. So there's a couple of guys up this way that will, will make peated malt. They'll, they'll make it to your specification as well. So this one's quite a clear, quite a 
a, a pale liquid. It's only been matured next bourbon casks. Hmm. Yeah, this is very interesting. Right. I, th- I think this is the one you're going to notice the biggest difference when you put a couple of drops of water into. Right. Uh, for me, it really it enhances, releases some of that smoke. That Just penis. a couple of drops there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it also right. makes it very, very sweet on the tongue. That's, that softens it up a bit. I don't know if it makes it any more enjoyable. I quite like it with without the water. So that with a stinky, like that and a stinky blue cheese, uh, for me, oh. made in heaven. Uh, you got a, a Rockford or a Stilton or a Strathdon blue. What a great combination. Oh, Gordon. This is fantastic. I've enjoyed this. If I had to pick a winner, it's, yeah, like it's, it's strange. You can't really pick one because I wouldn't want to drink the 24, you know, every night. I'd want to have to go to that as a, like a special go-to. But uh, I really enjoyed the 12 year old. I think that's got a great, great feel to it. The 24, I think, is definitely the, the high flyer. But the, the peated whiskey, I'm, I'm, I'm just all over that. I can just almost see myself in the garden, you know, passing that around a couple of friends in the party with the dogs yapping by my heels. I think that's definitely one that I'm going to be taking some time to get to know better. I think if everybody else wants to get to know the brand better, then they should definitely go to the website. Once again, anoch.com. We'll put all the links over on the show notes at menswear style, but let me just spell that for you again. A-N-C-N-O-C.com. Gordon, it's been an absolute pleasure. How often do you get to London? Once in 57 years. Wow. Okay, so I've got to come to Aberdeen then to buy you a drink. (laughs) uh, That must happen in the near future. In the meantime, thanks so much for taking time. Thanks so much for walking us through these wonderful whiskeys and uh, all the best for the future. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on tonight, Peter. Slangeva. You've been listening to the Menswear Style podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you'd like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time. 